What's up guys, it is Quinn here back again with another video. And today I'm gonna to be talking about three running backs who are kind of being drafted, you know, like outside the first round, kind of at earliest, like late second round. But I think three of these guys have the potential to put up elite running back ceilings. So you may not have to draft a running back like with your third, fourth, fifth pick, or really anywhere in the first round, but can still get some elite value out of three players. And then I'm going to mention uh, kind of one extra guy at the end, but I've already talked about him recently. So I feel like I don't need to do like a full on breakdown. But while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's just jump right into it. And the first running back who's going like late second round, who I think can have an elite season is going to be a Leonard Fournette. Right now, he's being drafted as the RB12. That's a late second, early third round pick. And I'm honestly not quite sure why he's not being picked higher. Because when I'm looking at his fantasy outlook, I feel like he's very similar to a guy like Joe Mixon. But you see Mixon being picked late first, early second. Fournette is basically going a full round after him. And I just don't think it's that hard to argue that Fournette does have that elite ceiling. You look back to just last season, he was the RB4 in points per game. And he did it with super well-rounded production. It's not like, you know, he had some crazy outlier touchdown number or something like that. In 14 games, he rushed for 112 yards, 69 receptions, 454 receiving yards, and then 10 touchdowns. Honestly, 10 total touchdowns in 14 games on that Buccaneers offense is actually probably underperforming the expectation. So he could even see a jump there. The Bucs re-signed him this offseason to a three-year, $21 million contract. That is a pretty solid commitment to a running back, especially, you know, now when teams are kind of devaluing the position and, you know, it shows that they're going to be committing to him for at least the next few seasons. They brought back Giovanni Bernard, and then they did select Rashad White in the third round, but you know, a third round running back isn't anything crazy. I don't think he's going to come in and like challenge for RB1 touches from day one. And I, even though I do really like Rashad White as a player and a handcuff, you know, I don't think this season is going to be the time for him to break out unless Fournette does go down with an injury. So I think Fournette is still going to be the guy. And he has dealt with running back competition in the past. Just looking back at last season, he was in, you know, a competition with Ronald Jones and Giovanni Bernard. And I feel like people kind of forget Leonard Fournette was not the clear-cut RB1 heading into last season. It was actually Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones blew that in their first game. I think he, uh, he fumbled, may have dropped a pass also. And then Fournette kind of took it and never looked back. You know, so Rojo was competing for those early down touches. Gio was competing for the third down work. And for the most part, you know, Fournette was able to beat both of those guys out basically for the entire season. And Fournette isn't a player who's like elite in one specific area, but he is someone who is very well-rounded. You know, he's not going to be the best pure runner. As a pure runner, Ronald Jones was probably better than him, but Rojo just couldn't get it together in other areas. But he can get it done on the ground. He's not the best receiver or yards after the catch guy. But, you know, he's reliable enough and can, you know, get a few yards here and there. But he's someone that Brady can kind of rely on. And on third downs, he is a very, very solid pass blocker, which I think is why they had him in there. A lot of third downs as opposed to Giovanni Bernard. And then looking back at last year, we saw Fournette finish third in targets, third in receptions, and third in red zone touches. So he is getting those valuable opportunities. You want the work in the red zone and you want the receiving opportunities. And the Bucs also had the third best game script for running backs. So that basically means that they were ahead for, you know, a lot of the game, which is obviously going to lead to more carries at the running back position. So with all those factors, 
the targets, red zone touches, the game script on a high scoring team led by Tom Brady, you know, that is a recipe for an elite running back ceiling. And so I think Fournette definitely has that potential, even though he's going, you know, fringe second, maybe third round. The next player I have here is going to be Saquon Barkley, and he is going as the RB14, just a little bit after Fournette, and that is a third round pick. And for Saquon, we already know he has an elite ceiling, you know, due to his rookie season. He averaged 24.1 points per game. The question is, that was a few years ago. You know, can he get back to that rookie form? I think a lot of people thought after that year, he was just going to be, you know, straight up trajectory. That has not been the case. He's dealt with multiple ankle sprains and a torn ACL. And just looking back at last year, Saquon was coming off that ACL tear, started off slow. You know, I feel like that would kind of be expected. Then he was really starting to ball out week three, week four, 24.1 in uh, week three, then put up a 29.6 point performance in week four. So things were looking bright. Then in week five, he goes out, steps on someone's foot, twists his ankle again, and then is out until week 11. And then he proceeded to average only 10.5 PPR points per game for the rest of that year. So he really, really struggled, was kind of in a committee, couldn't get the workhorse touches. And when he was getting opportunities, wasn't really converting. But I do have hope for him this year because with a full offseason of recovery and a coaching change, I think Saquon does have the opportunity to come in and dominate like he did early on in his career. We've already heard their new head coach, Brian Dable, talk about using him more as a pass catcher, which I think is great news. We know he's a fantastic receiver, and you can give him that upside as a kind of receiving option with the ability to make plays after the catch, and you're not destroying his body, giving him like 25 carries a game. So I feel like that is great news. You definitely want to hear that if you're a Saquon Barkley supporter. And then when you look at their running back room, it seems like they're going to be trusting Saquon to be the guy this year because right now their RB2 is Matt Breida. They haven't really, you know, been in the news bringing in any of these other options who are free agents. So I don't think they have major concerns with him. And even though he does carry a decent amount of risk with that injury and kind of poor performance last year coming back from that injury, I feel like his current price is low enough to the point where with that elite ceiling, I really don't mind taking a shot on him as like an early third round pick. And then the third running back who I think can have an elite ceiling this year is going to be James Conner. And all three of the players I talked about are kind of going in a very similar range, like late second round to mid third. James Conner is being drafted as the RB15, so right behind Saquon, and then a mid third round pick. And for me, I kind of talked about how Leonard Fournette kind of resembles Joe Mixon as a fantasy player. You know, Fournette may be the slightly like budget version of Joe Mixon. I feel like James Conner is now the budget version of Leonard Fournette. He is coming off of an RB9 finish, which is pretty impressive because he was in, you know, a pretty solid split with uh, Chase Edmonds for the majority of the year. The Cardinals went out. They let Chase Edmonds go sign with the Dolphins. They re-signed Conner to a three-year, $21 million contract, the same deal the Bucks gave Leonard Fournette. So all the stuff I said about, you know, they're committing to him, giving him solid money at the running back position, that also applies here to James Conner. And the Cardinals really haven't gone out and added competition. You know, the Buccaneers went out and added Rashad White in the third round, and I still didn't think that was anything crazy. But the Cardinals, you know, they still have Eno Benjamin, and then they drafted Keontae Ingram in the sixth round. I like Ingram as a player, but like a six-round running back, I'm not expecting him to come in and take away touches, you know, at least valuable touches away from James Conner. And I feel like Conner's current ADP, it seems like he's being drafted as if he's guaranteed to be giving up 
at least a decent chunk of the receiving work. And even though he could, you know, see some receiving work go to Eno Benjamin or maybe even Ingram, in the five games that Edmonds missed last year, the Cardinals just unleashed James Conner as a three down back. In that five game stretch, Conner averaged 23.2 PPR points per game. So that is an elite ceiling right there. And then he averaged 5.4 targets per game. So he was getting the touches that were going to Chase Edmonds. And Eno Benjamin was active for all five of those games. And in those five games, he only saw seven total targets. So maybe, you know, they want to take the load off of James Conner a little bit over a full season. So Benjamin could see some receiving work. But I mean, the Cardinals have shown that they are not afraid to give James Conner just the entire workload. I do think we could see some regression from James Conner in the touchdown department because he did score 18 touchdowns last year. Probably unsustainable, but maybe, you know, on a good offense, if he does get that three down workload, it could be possible, but it's not something I'm banking on. But if he does get that three down role, can get the receiving work, maintain the carries he got last year, I totally think he could break into the top five running backs in terms of points per game. And we know that durability has always been a concern for James Conner, but he managed to play 15 games last year with a pretty solid workload. And running back is just such a tough position. You're going to have injuries. You may even have injuries in back-to-back seasons. Kind of one of the reasons why I'm backing on Christian McCaffrey. I just feel like it's impossible to project these injuries moving forward, especially when a player can return from them and still perform well. So James Conner's dealt with a bunch of injuries the past few seasons, but he came in produced for fantasy. Christian McCaffrey did the same thing. You know, in between all his injuries, he balled out. And I remember coming into the uh, 2021 season, you know, no one wanted to draft James Conner. It was like, oh, at best, he's going to be an early down guy. He's injury prone, all this stuff. He's done. And then James Conner goes out, almost gives a full season. And then you have a guy like Derrick Henry, who everyone thought was injury proof, goes down halfway through the season. So anything can happen with these injuries. So I'm not going to be overly fading a guy like James Conner because of that especially when I think he can give you like a mid to high-end RB1 finish while being drafted as a uh, kind of high-end to mid-end running back too. And then I mentioned at the beginning of the video, there was one player who I already talked about, but I think could have a pretty high ceiling. So just kind of a quick shout out to Brees Hall. I think I talked about him in my uh, must-target rookie videos in terms of redraft, but we've seen rookie running backs come in and play a workhorse role from day one. Most recently, it was Najee Harris. They just gave him basically the entire three-down work. I think we could see that here with Brees Hall, because the Jets operated with a committee last year. It was okay, but clearly they didn't think any of those guys you know, would be the number one moving forward. And just looking at Brees Hall's skill set, I really feel like he is just the better player basically everywhere compared to any of the backups. You put him up against Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, I think he's just clearly the better running back than all those players. And so whether he's going, you know, round three, round four, round five in fantasy drafts, I really like his upside and do think he could be an elite running back if he is given, you know, the correct usage. And by correct usage, I mean like the best usage you would want to see for fantasy football, which would be that three down workload. But that is going to wrap it up for this video. Some running backs who aren't going super early on but I think could give you those high-end RB1 finishes. Let me know what you guys think about these guys down below in the comment section. I'll be doing a very similar video coming out tomorrow, but it'll be about the wide receivers. So, you know, wide receivers who aren't going first round, probably even maybe second round, but I think could have like a Cooper Cup-esque season that we saw last year. 
you know, Cup was going, you know, high-end wide receiver two, mid-end wide receiver two, absolutely breaks out and is a stud. So look out for that. Thank you guys for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.